Hi everyone, it's Kino here. Thanks so much for joining me on Seek Up, the yoga inspiration show. I am so grateful for you and grateful to you for tuning in and sharing this journey with me. I am overwhelmed with how many people come up to me and say that they're really enjoying this type of communication, teaching, and sharing. So thank you so much for being a part of this journey of yoga, this journey of spirituality, this journey of mindfulness, this journey of seeking wisdom. More than anything else, this is meant to support the seeker's journey, meant to support you on the path. If you find this series of teaching really beneficial, the way that you can support this series is to become a member of the Om Stars yoga community and practice. We have decided to make this series free and available to everyone so that no matter where you are in the world, you can get the teachings that will hopefully provide sustenance for the seeker's journey. And for those of you that can become a member and give your support, please know that I appreciate it. And I'll see you on the mat real soon. Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Thanks for tuning in to Seek Up, the Yoga Inspiration Show. I'm here today with Samin, who is a yoga teacher born and raised in Iran. Uh, she's been practicing yoga since she was 19, and she has an online school for yoga specifically uh, for the Persian yoga community. And she's built a community of Farsi-speaking yogis and is really active on Instagram and YouTube with providing resources for the Farsi-speaking yoga community to really get established in the practice. Samin left Iran in 2015 when she went to India and where we actually met at the coconut stand. And maybe we can talk a little bit more about that on this wonderful trip to Mysore that really started the yoga journey. She then left to India and went to Nepal where she met her husband, who's American, and after uh, a few years settled in the United States in 2017. And now I want to welcome you, Samin, to have this wonderful conversation and the space that we'll share together. So thanks for joining me today and I look forward to sharing the space of conversation. Thank you so much, Kino. Thank you for having me and giving this platform to us, Persian community. And thank you for everyone listening to us today. So why don't we start at the beginning of your journey? So you left Iran in 2015 and your first stop was India. How did that, how, how did you dream that up? How did that come to being? Well, um, I started yoga at age 19, as you just mentioned, uh, at the first, uh, at the first time when I started my, um, university journey. So for four years, I was saving up my money. That was always my dream because as I was practicing more yoga, I was getting more interested and I wanted to deepen my knowledge in yoga, get deeper into my practice. So I always, always had that in the back of my head. So I was saving my money. With a little bit of money I saved after four years as a student, I left Iran. Uh, believe me or not, I just left with $2,000. That's all I could save. And um, just getting a visa as an Iranian citizen, it's, it's, um, it's difficult, or at, at least it was at a time. So with all the difficulties, a lot of back and forth going to the embassy, I got my visa to just be able to come to India. 
And then uh, I started from Mesur. That's where, as it's, that's where we met. It was always a great experience. And then I was uh, practicing at the Ashtanga Institute of Shariki Patavi Joyce. And I, from the beginning, I always wanted to keep my heart and mind open to different paths, different methods. And that's why um, I tried different things in yoga. I also did a 200-hour yoga teacher training course in India. I, mm, I settled in Mumbai. That was my base, but I was always pract- uh, traveling to practice and visit different ashrams and everything, just like uh, be open to everything. I ended up uh, practicing Osho techniques, Osho methods, and uh, Osho ashram in Pune, India, in South, in Bangalore, um, Art of Living, Sheri Sheri Ravi Shrinkar. I spent some time in Pondicherry, Auroville community, and so many more. And that's how I started. And then I wanted to give it all back to my community, to the people that I know that they wanted. They are interested in yoga. So I started to follow my um, dream to share this with my people, with my community. And how did you start that dream? Did you start by reaching out and starting to make videos or did you start, like, how did you connect specifically with the, you know, Iranian and Farsi speaking community? Well, I, um, from the beginning of the social media, I was very active on it. So the social media gave me a platform to connect to the Iranians and Farsi speakers. I don't say Iranians because Farsi speakers are the bigger community. Uh, all around the world. So social media gave me this platform. And then um, when I came back after India for a short time, I um, came back to Iran and I wanted to um, share all the experience that I had uh, in India with them. But unfortunately, because of all these like rules and government, uh, governmental uh, you know, um, rules that they have, it wasn't an easy path, and that led me to leave for good. For unfortunately, I left my country. Uh, but yeah, I tried to have some events. I tried to have classes. I tried to have workshops. Uh, and then when I left Iran for good, I started to pursue this uh, mission by having everything online. Just recently, you are a teacher. You know how amazing it is to receive messages from people that tell you that. Um, you help them to start their journey. That I think this is the biggest thing as a teacher you can receive. That's the biggest uh, accomplish achievement. So I'm receiving messages from people every day, almost every day, that they are in small cities. They don't have access to yoga, but they practice with me. They are in refugee camps all around the world. They practice with me. They don't. There are students in different parts of the world they don't have the money or the fancy of going to yoga studios they practice with me Uh, these are so great and that is what keeps me going every day get up every day and motivate me to do more as much as I can as much as I can give to these people absolutely I love that and and to see what a wide reach that you have within this international community is really amazing when you tried to set up these classes and workshops back in Iran, what were some of the obstacles that happened? Why was it so difficult? What rules were there that were impediments? Mm. Well, yoga is not necessarily illegal in Iran, but uh, just like anything else, it, it is a twisted subject. So um, 
from my personal experience, when I was in Iran, this, these are just my experience, my personal experience. Um, for example, it was a time they were the government were uh, they didn't allow to call it yoga. They were like, it's okay to do whatever you are doing, but don't call it yoga. So we were it was illegal to even call it yoga. That's just one example of me. Or like, wow. if yeah, it was illegal. Uh, I personally faced all these obstacles. Or it was a time that they were like, um, you can't even use any Sanskrit words, any foreign words. Or um, obviously, I don't know if many people know that everything in Iran are separated, men and women. So from the age six, we are separated from our brothers, from our everyone. We go to school separate, men and boys, you know, girls and boys are separate. So that also include uh, that also about the yoga studios too. So even though the yoga studios are specifically specifically for women, but still we couldn't do a lot of things. We couldn't teach a lot of teaching. We couldn't get into the philosophy of yoga. Everything was illegal. I remember when I was in Iran, it was a time that it was illegal to even have yoga statues, to sell it, to have it, to even like have it for your personal use. Um, like um mala beads or anything anything was illegal but the still people are so interested in yoga you will be surprised at how many people do yoga how many yoga teachers we have in iran or outside of iran that for us the speakers and another personal experience i remember when i came back from india i wanted to do some events all around iran and you know just spread this like yoga things i learned uh, of course, I ended up to narrate down to just my hometown, which is the north part of Iran by the Caspian Sea on the beach. Even though we had all the paperwork, we had uh, we went through the hell to get everything right. And it was only for women. But it's still on the day, they gave us so much stress, all this morality police, you know, that they control everything. They were there. They were like, first they were like, you can't wear this. We were fully hijab from head to toe. Still, all the teachers, me and some other teachers with me, they were like, uh, your clothes are not proper. So we were like, okay, so what should we do? You have to change it. It has to be longer. It has to cover your ass. It has to not show any curves on your boobs or anything body. Okay, we change it. At the very last moment, on the day that we were supposed to have this, or like, um, and then they were like, no bending poses everything is standing no sanskrit name or like so you know it's just like a lot of you know pressure obstacles put throw a lot of things towards you to just not be able to do that and these are just my experience i have a students i have uh, i i receive um people's messages every day every day from my community that they say uh, their yoga studios was shut down or they were not allowed to teach yoga or just because they post a picture on Instagram, they were uh, arrested or they've been questioned or their account which being shut down or a lot of things. But I'm happy. I'm proud of each of these women. I'm proud of all of them that with all these things, they still follow their heart. They still follow what they really believe in. That that is very inspiring, I believe. Mm. And when you made the decision to leave Iran, what was the process like for you? Did you go back to India? Did you think it through? Now I leave for good. And how did you feel about that? Well, it is not easy to leave your country. I don't think it's easy for anyone. Something that you grow up with, 
you have roots, you have roots in, you know, your homeland. You leave everything. I'm sorry, I, I, I might get emotional, but, you know, you leave everything. You leave your friends. You may not see your family. My my grandma passed away and I wasn't able to go back. And that's that's very sad. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I made this decision. I... I always, when I started to teach in U.S., um, I remember I said that to one of my uh, American students, a girl that we became close later. I said, you know what? I, I feel like Iranians women are like the birds. They have wings, but they never, nobody taught them how to fly. So I was a bird that I had the wings. I was a woman that I left Iran, but I didn't know how to fly. I never used them. So it was hard. It wasn't an easy path for me. And I'm sure for many other, many, many women like me that when they leave Iran and many immigrants, I should say. So it was a difficult decision. I left it, but I didn't go back to India. I moved to Nepal first because I had an opportunity to work there as a yoga teacher. And uh, when I met my husband, then we were traveling together and just like, um, teaching yoga in every all these like southeast asian countries that i could possibly go because i had also visa issues because of the political reason i can't just easily i don't have this privilege to just take my passport and go everywhere now i'm a u.s citizen but at a time so it was difficult to even uh, go to play to a lot of these places and um, i'm grateful to my husband i'm grateful that he's he stand by me he stands for our love and um we face so many things that's a whole different episode that can be a podcast <laughs> itself honestly that how back and forth going to the embassies because you know it's just because of our nationality i was an iranian he was an american that's already a question to a lot of people like <laughs> we i mean like we were traveling a lot of times the first question was like okay wait wh- where did you meet how did you guys marry and, you know, and um, and we were facing the travel ban and other things that was uh, another obstacles. Um, yeah, sorry, I think I'm talking like too much over like. No, I think it's details. a great, it's part of your story. I think uh, yeah. it's really, it's really, it's, it's really inspiring to hear what you've gone through to get to where you are now. It also gives yeah. context and perspective so that you can speak to the different intersections of cultures that you've experienced. Yeah. So you, you, you yeah. grew up in Iran and now you live in the United States. So you yeah. sit at a, at, a, at, a, at a very unique cultural intersection that yeah. I think can really speak to many people that can identify with the, your journey of, of leaving your home and coming to the U.S. and living in the U.S. And many people who were born and raised in the U.S. can identify with what it feels like to live in the U.S. And then yeah. here we are all, all united by our love for the practice of yoga. So I, I think it's, I think it's all, it's all part of, part of the story and part of, part of who you are. And, you. you know, what, what brings us to our conversation today is this pivotal moment that is really being uh, talked about in the news, in yeah. communities online, in yoga community, and in, 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 in anyone who has an interest really in the, the liberation of, of, of people and specifically of women. So I was wondering if you feel okay talking a little bit about what's happening in Iran right now. 
Absolutely. I, I, I would like to use this platform and it be, be the voice of these people. And thank you so much for giving that opportunity to us. So um, it all started 10 days ago. A 22-year-old girl named Mahsa Amini was killed by morality police in Iran, which is what we call it in Farsi, Gashta Ershad. So their job is to arrest women on the streets of Iran if their hijab is not proper according to their code, to their standards. Even though we still wear hijab, we're forced to wear hijab. But if it's not in their you know, proper way, proper code, they arrest you. So she was, according to the sources, um, she was beaten on detention. She was beaten to death, unfortunately. That led her to go to coma for a couple of days. And then unfortunately, she passed away. She was killed by morality police. And that uh, unleashed a great anger in um, Iranian citizens, Iranian people, specifically women that were underrepresented. They were under the pressure for more than 43 years. Um, so they were like, we can't take it anymore. Almost all women from Iran, including myself, if you talk to them, they have experience with morality police, with cash their shops, almost everyone. This is our uh, daily life. We are being harassed, we are being uh, abused, we are being uh, humiliated, um, some of us beaten, arrested for you know days, and um, this is our daily life. So if you, next time, if you meet any Iranian woman, ask them, and I'm sure they have sad stories to tell. Uh, actually, maybe it's a good time to talk about that. Iranian women are forced to wear hijab since age six, so preschool. At age six, all the girls, all the little girls are forced to wear hijab up until the rest of their life. So, um, yeah, for the last 10 days, protesters uh, being um, coming to the streets, asking for their very, very basic human rights. And they're, in return, they are being killed by police, hundreds of them being arrested, and they will be eventually killed in prison, executed, unfortunately. Internet has been shut down and limited to the people of Iran in the last 10 days. And uh, to the point that me and a lot of people outside of Iran, that they, are, they live outside of Iran, we can't even talk to our family. So we're worried about our people, our friends, our families, all the people that have been arrested. Uh, and also protesting outside of Iran is happening. I don't know if many people know, but there are millions of Iranians outside of Iran protesting um, in United States, in Canada, in England, in Germany, all over Europe and almost everywhere in the world are protesting to support their people, to ask the um, politicians to stand by people of Iran and do not recognize the regime of Iran, do not um, recognize them. And um, yeah, the government will do anything without any accountability. I have a personal um, a story that I would love to share. And this is just one example of many people that, you know, the stories in the last 10 days. My cousin, uh, Behnam Layakpur, he was only 37 when all these things happened last in the last 10 days, in the early of this protest. Him and his friend and his girlfriend were 
one of the protesters. They were on the street just uh, peacefully protesting for their rights. And uh, he was killed by the police. He was shot several times in his neck. And uh, till this moment that we were talking, his body, his dead body was not um, given to his family. They've been threatened. And this is just the example of hundreds of people. Uh, as we are talking, people are being arrested, people are being killed. So he, my family, uh, my cousin's family, my aunts and his family were not allowed to have a proper funeral. They were not allowed to have um, uh, to bury their beloved one in the cemeteries. They were all the protesters uh, that they've been killed or forced to have a funeral and bury their beloved one somewhere outside of the city, very, very far, not even in the, you know, cemeteries. Um, not that his dead body was not given back to his family, his wallet, his phone, his gold necklace, everything was stolen from a dead person. And, 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 and again, this is just one example that was very close to me out of hundreds of people in just the last 10 days. That's unbelievable and so sad, yeah. you know, and then to have this experience happen and then to have all communication be shut down and then how, how the, the level of uncertainty of not knowing are my family and friends okay? What are they exactly. doing? You know, there's, it must be some part of you that, that wants to, you know, support the protests. And at the same time, these people are risking their lives. So it's such a it's such a double-edged sword. Yeah, there are a lot there are young people that are all in their 20s, in their 30s. And they, are, they know they will face guns and bullets. They know this might be the last time they're going out outside of the house. But they're standing for their rights, they're standing for freedom, they're standing for dignity. And I think this is a true bravery. They're true, they're real brave. I think. It, this is the definition of being a brave person. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel seeing that and, and at the same time sitting in relative safety in the U.S.? And how does that schism sort of sit with you? And what do you do to really reconcile that? Well, I have all these conf uh, confu confusing feelings. Uh, you know, you're angry, you're sad, you are feeling guilty sometimes because you are here and a lot of people, your brothers, your sisters, everyone getting killed. Um, you want to do something, but you just don't know what to do or how can you help because you're an immigrant yourself. You know, not many people listen to someone with accent. And... Um, a lot of us are outside of Iran are not human either because our families are still inside. We have family members. We have our parents, brothers, sisters. You know, so many of us, we, at least we have one family member that are inside. So it's not really 100% um, safe for us. I'm sure that it's a bit more difficult for people that are inside than us, but it's still, we can also face danger too. Um, many, many Iran, um, Iranian dual citizens from USA, Canada, England, all over the world, they return to their homeland to visit their family. And the moment they arrive to the country, they've been arrested, many of them. They've, yes, and they go to jail. 
Some of them um, had trials, some of them they never had trials and they get executed or they, uh, they frame them. So it's not like that. We are human to that. For a lot of the activists uh, outside of Iran, they've been threatened by um, arresting their family members inside to put pressure on them. Um, so yeah, that's that's what it is. Or even if you are not arrested uh, in the upon your arrival to Iran, you can get killed by leaving the country, just like happened two years ago. The Iranian Islamic Republic of Iran's official governments, they shot an airplane leaving Iran to Canada full with all this intelligent, beautiful citizen, Iranian Canadian citizen. They killed more than 100 passengers they shoot the airplane that was leaving Iran, and uh, up until today, after two years, their families are seeking for justice. So, yeah, it's it's all the feelings. I really have all these feelings. Wow. So you have this, do you have this fear of going back? Have you been back to Iran, or do you have this feeling of maybe I shouldn't go back uh, for fear of what may happen? I, I personally, if you're asking for me, my, me personally, I cannot go back. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I think 100% sure I cannot go back mm-hmm. for many reasons because I'm a very active yoga teacher in the community. I'm like a pioneer. Mm-hmm. If you search my name in Farsi, you will see articles of threatening me, like um, saying that I'm a bad person or I'm doing bad things or I'm like doing all this news, which is crazy. Uh, all I'm doing is teaching peace and yoga. And uh, yeah, I cannot go back to Iran for sure. And also another thing is that I'm, a, I'm married to an American that according to the law of the Islamic Republic of Iran, they don't even recognize our marriage because he never converted to Islam. And I'm married to somebody that is illegal and he's American. Right. Yeah, so yeah, for me, that's not an option. But for some people that are students here or that are maybe not are a- as active as me, uh, they're still fear- facing the fears. You know, my family members, my brothers, my sisters, my aunts, my students, the ones that are in USA, Canada, a lot of them, when I talk to them, nobody wants to go back because they're all afraid. Even mm-hmm. if we want to go back, our family members inside Iran tell us, please don't come. Mm, wow. Yeah. Did you have this feeling when um, you read the news over the last 10 days? Gosh, if I stayed there, that could have been me. Yes. Uh, this is not the first time this protests are happening uh, over the last 40, 43 years since the revolution in, happened in 1979. It was always, you know, different time that was protest um, and I was involved in some of them when I was at university. Um, the very um, recent one to my time when I was, you know, I was a green revolution during the Obama presidency and then after that when I left. So yes, I was involved and of course I think about it. Sometimes I think about would I be brave enough to go out like all these brave young people that are risking their lives would I go or I was not brave? I don't know. I, I have all these confusing, you know, feelings. But yes, of course, that's that's with me all the time. All the time. And what about and what about uh, Masa Amini when you read about her? Did you think if I had stayed there, 
maybe one day my hijab would not have been on properly and then I could be the one who got beaten. Exactly. Exactly. I think this is the question every woman, Iranian woman, are asking themselves. And that's why they're protesting. That's why they're standing up for the right. I'm 100% sure that this is the question that we are all asking ourselves. And again, as I said earlier, if you talk to any Iranian humans, they have experience, they have personal experience with morality police, including myself. It's not that we never had that experience, but this is just so sad that, of course, we think about it. That could have been me. That could have been my sister. That's so scary. And so, it is. you know, so heavy. It's, it's so intense, so hard to understand sitting in a country where that's, you know, you wear what you want, you know, you do what you want. So hard for people to understand that your life is on the line because of these rules dictated by what a woman can or cannot do with their dress. And I think it's so hard for the average person born in the United States, born in Europe and Canada, or in, in many places around the world to think about there's a woman that's lost her life because her dress was inappropriate, deemed yeah. by some outside authority, you know? And this is something that, 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 that for a moment, every woman that lives in a, every person that lives in a country that doesn't have rules like that can take a moment and just say, oh, well, you know, this freedom, this, is a, this isn't something to take for granted. Exactly. This is something to really, really, really cherish and be grateful for. What can people do who are who are listening? People that are touched by the by your story that you've so bravely shared by by all of the protests and what can people what can people do to encourage the protests to encourage um, people who are practicing yoga to encourage you know the movement to keep going? Uh, thank you for asking that. Um, I think. Um it is very important to be the voice of these people, just like you did. And again, a million times, thank you so much for giving this platform to us. I think it's very important to raise the awareness. If you can write to your public officials, please, everyone, about this matter and ask them to stand with Iranian women, with Iranian citizens, recognize them, not the Iranian Islamic Republic of Iran regime. Iranians are different than the regime. I want them to know that and write to whoever you think has the power to help these people. If you have a platform, podcast, blog, Instagram, whatever you have, please use your platform, raise awareness and be our voice, please. And um, and uh, overall, please let us be part of the yoga community. Let all these underrepresented, brilliant um, educated, uh, brave, um, and I, I, I don't have the right words, but all these people that are working so hard in the youth community, let them be part of your community to give them opportunities, recognize them. And um, a lot of us, people from Middle East, women from Middle East, we don't really fit in any categories that are the stereotype for Middle Eastern women. Uh, a lot of us don't wear hijab, you know, but we're a Muslim Middle Eastern woman. So I want all these um, brands, all these youth communities, all these um, names 
be our voice and recognize us and give hope to this woman. Be, be our voice. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's a beautiful, a be- beautiful call to action for many people. I, um, I, I, I would also encourage people to, to, to educate themselves, you know, to read it, to read about the history of Iran and to go deeper than any sort of stereotypes that they, you know, might've picked up from sensationalized news or other stories that are out there and to really learn about the, the history and the, the, the rich history of, uh, you know, of, of Iran beyond the current regime. And, 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 and as you, and, and I think that that's a good way to encourage people to, to go down that journey of, you know, more knowledge, more compassion, more closeness and, uh, I'll just direct everyone who's joining now to um, where they can find you. So if you want to share with everyone your website, your Instagram, where they can, where, where people can, can, can check out what you're doing. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I would love to, if you let me to have um, poems um, at, for, from the um, Persian uh, poetry, Sadi. I think it would really fit the situation if you allow me to read that. Absolutely. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. So this poem comes from the Sadi Gulestan book. He was a poet. He was a philosopher from uh, Persian Empire. It says in Farsi, Bani Adam azay yek digarand ke dar afarinesh be yek goharand. چو عضوی به درد آورد روزگار دیگر عضوها را نماند قرار تو که از مهنت دیگران بیغمی نشاید که نامد نهند آدمی and the translation would be human beings are body parts of each other in creation they are indeed of one essence if, one, if a body part is affected with pain other body parts uneasy will remain If you have no sympathy for human pain, the name of human you shall not retain. Thank you so much for listening to me and having me. That poem was really touching. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, I don't know if I have time, but I would love to also um, use this platform and talk to all these um, feminist activists Mm -hmm. and whoever care for feminist women's rights. I want to say that the women's are the women's of Iran are not only fighting for their forced hijab; they are fighting for their choice to travel without their husband's or father's permission. They are fighting to work, to study, to wear whatever they want and express themselves without men's authority and permission. They are fighting to have the choice to divorce an abused relationship and custody over their children. Um, they are fighting to going to studios and watching sports with their brothers, with their men, something that they're not allowed to do now. They are fighting for their very basic human rights. This is a, the biggest feminist movement. I want you to recognize it, please everyone, and stand by women of Iran. If they win, we all win for our rights. Women of United States will win for their feminism movement over their choice over their body. My sisters in Afghanistan will be inspired to stand up for their rights. The people in North Korea will be inspired to stand up for dignity and so many other women all around the world. 
This is not just about the Iranian woman. This is about women's rights. And thank you so much again for giving this opportunity to me. Thank you. Um, my Instagram, people can find me anywhere on social media under Samin Yoga, S-A-M-I-N-Y-O-G-A. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, my website. And recently we also um, launched a um, yoga app specifically for Persians. Um, that's also Samin Yoga. So hopefully with together with each other's help and support, we can all grow together and take each other's hand instead of standing in front of each other. Thank you so much. This was, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing so openly about everything. I hope everyone leaves feeling inspired and motivated to continue the journey. Thank you so much, Kina. Thank you. Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS. And that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime. So you can find my full live in-person teaching schedule on my website, which is kinoyoga.com. And if you haven't checked out my books, I'd absolutely be honored if you'd check those out. You can find those available at any online bookseller. The Yoga Inspiration Podcast is designed to keep you inspired to get on the mat. And I hope you're leaving each episode with a little glimmer and spark of the spirit which is the true heart of the yoga method. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be filled with love. Namaste.